Good morning, everybody. Today's daf is Babakama Daf Kuf Beis. We are holding on the top line of Daf Kuf Beis Amar Aleph. We are at Amar Rav Kahana. Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children, Ali Lenishmas' mother, Goldaba Simcha Shalom, as well as by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Atzlacha for our soldiers and for our captives. They should return home safely. We thank both sponsors very, very much for the sponsorship. So what we're going to talk about today is as follows. First, we're going to talk about how Peros Shviyas may or may not be used and uh, whether uh, it's only if it's something that's Hana'aso Ubi Uro Shava, that only such usage is permissible, such as eating. When you eat, you get the Hana'a as you are destroying the Peros Shavius. We were discussing yesterday the difference between Eitzim Lahasaka versus for other purposes, that if uh, Eitzim Demishchan, where you use uh, where you use the Eitzim that, uh, that as, as a torch, so then it's Hanaso Biroshava, that you're burning the, the, the oil in the Eitzim uh, and getting Hana at the same time, as opposed to if a person is using it for coals to heat something, so first you burn the Eitzim and then they become hot coals and only then do you cook on them. The, then the Gemara is going to discuss how we paskin in the Machlokas in our Mishnah when you give a wool to someone to dye a certain color and he dyes it a different color. You ask him to do red, he does black, black, he does red. So we had the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda that it all depends what was more expensive, the Shevach or the Yitziah, and the customer is only responsible for the lesser of the two costs. So the Gemara is going to discuss how do we paskin in that case and then the Gemara is going to uh, try to figure out in the context of that discussion is this a, an example of machlokas v'yachar kachstam, which would indicate to us how to paskin when you have machlokas in an earlier Mishnah and a stam in a later Mishnah, so we normally assume that the stam is because we've resolved the issue, and that's how we paskin. So do we assume that uh, that there's a say, that the seder, that the Mishnayis appear, is the actual seder that they were learned, or do we assume that, uh, that, 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 uh, that they're not in the same order necessarily that they were uh, that they were learned. Then the Gemara is going to con- try to connect the case of uh, of of uh, uh, of of, uh, of a shliach that's mishana mishlichuso to the to the machlokas in our uh, mishnah and try to suggest that maybe the machlokas that you have about a shliach that does not uh, follow through with the, doing the instructions that he was sent to do is maybe similar to the case of the uh, worker who uh, color who dyes the wool the wrong color and the gemara is going to explain that maybe that's a little bit different that maybe the two machlokos are not necessarily connected to each other. And then at the end of the daf, the Gemara is going to t- uh, quote a cryptic brysa about someone who's lokeach sadeh b'shem chavero. So the Gemara is going to have two different interpretations of what that brysa means. It's going to talk about if a person buys a field in the name of the Reish Galusa. So what exactly are the Reish Galusa's responsibilities? But again, two interpretations of what that cryptic brysa means. So let's begin again on the very top of daf, Kuf Beis Amr Aleph. Amr Av Kahana. Ve'etzim la'asaka, this uh, klal that Rava had told us yesterday, that since Stam Eitzim are la'asaka hein omdin, that they're meant to be used as, uh, to, 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 to uh, they're, 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 they're not meant to be used to light up as a torch, they're meant to be used as uh, firewood, or as wood to, to, uh, to cook things, so tanoihi. This is in fact a machlokas tanoim. The tanya, because we have a b'risa, ein mosrin peru shviyas, lo le mishra, 
kvusa. But Rabbi Yossi Omer knows in Perushvius Lutocha Mishra Lutocha Kvusa that the Tanakama says that you're not supposed to use a Perushvius, let's say Yayin Shal Shvius, to soak flax in the wine, in the Shemitah wine, nor to use as a detergent for your clothing in the Shemitah wine. But Rabbi Yossi says, no problem, you're allowed to do that with Perus Shavias. So my time at the Rabbanon, what's the basis of the sheet of the Rabbanon that you're not allowed to use Yayin Shal Shavias for Mishra or Kvusa to soak your flax or to do your laundry? Because the Pasuk says, when it talks about Shemitah, it says, li'achla. So it sounds like Perus Shavias are li'achla. They're meant to be used, but only to be eaten. the Mishra, li'achla, the Kvusa. Then when the Torah tells you that it's li'achla, it means that, yes, you're allowed to eat Perus Shavias, but you're not allowed to do other types of hanaos with Perus Shavias, like Mishra or Kvusa. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, same Pasuk, different word. Amar the Pasuk also says Lachem. Lachem implies whatever you want to use it for and therefore you can use it as well so the Gemara has to deal with how each one is going to, is going to explain the word that the other one focused on in the Pasuk so the Rabbanan who are so limiting that it's, all, it's only Liachla it's not Lemishra it's not Lekvusa what are they going to do with the word Lachem which sounds like you can use it for whatever you want no Lachem Yes, you could use it for more than just Achila, but it has to be the types of usage that are similar to Achila. Namely, a type of usage where you get the Hana'a as you're using it up, as you're destroying it, like when you eat it. Yatsu Mishra Kvusa, as opposed to using Perus Shavias to soak your flax or to do your laundry, that as soon as you soak the Pishtan, or as soon as you put the Beget in the uh, in the Yayin for the Kibos, the Yayin is ruined, and the Ana'a doesn't come until three or four days later, uh, that, uh, that, that the uh, effects of the Mishra and the Kvusa are then felt. So, uh, so it's not an aso birushava. So the Gemara says, and what's Rabbi Yossi going to do with liachla? Rabbi Yossi nami aksiv liachla. Rabbi Yossi, you said lachem means the culture chechem. Do whatever you want with perushvias mishra kvusa. It's all good. So why does the Torah say liachla? Because I'm lachem we buy lechatatanya. The word liachla is needed to exclude other types of usage that you're not allowed to do with perushvias. Meaning it's not that you're allowed to do whatever you want with perushvias. It's just that you're allowed to do mishra kvusa. So what's the Limitation to tanya liachla melugma. You're allowed to use perushvius to eat, but you're not allowed to use it as a refua. You're not allowed to use it as a medication. Now, why would I say that you're allowed to use it for detergent, but you're not allowed to use it for medication? So ata omer melugma kvusa. How do you know which one to exclude? That you're going to tell me don't use it as a, as, as as a medication, but yes, as a detergent. So kshu omer lachem kvusa amr. Well, it says lachem, so it sounds like we do expand the category beyond the achla, and that's why I know that you're allowed to use it lekvusa. Hamani mekayim laachla. So what do I do with the achla, which sounds like it's much more limiting? The achla v'lalim It's limiting, and that you're not allowed to use it for medication. Yeah, but umari isa l'rabbas lekvusa lotsias melugma. That's true. You have a riboy, you have a miut. So there are certain activities that are going to be included, certain activities that are going to be excluded. But how do you know which activities to include?
include and which ones to exclude. How do you know which usages? I shouldn't say which usages to exclude and which usages of the of the fruit to include. So we include kavusa because everybody needs to do laundry. So that's a universal type of need. Whereas we exclude with perushvias needs that are not universal. Not everyone needs a refuah. Only cholim need a refuah, and therefore that's not a universal type of need. So this klal that Rava said that stam eitzim la'asaka omdin, and therefore uh, it, it, they don't have kedusha shvias even if you're going to use the eitzim to, uh, to to use as a torch. That's in fact a machlokas between the rabban and the Rabbi, and Rabbi Yossi. Why? Because in this price we have a machlokas about peros that are omed la'achila, meaning achilas hanaso biroshava, and you picked these uh, peros for some other use, for mishrash, for kvusa, for something that's not hanaso biroshava. Do we still say that the peros have kedusha shviyas because they're primarily meant la'achila, staman la'achila in omdin. They're edible peros, and therefore maybe they should have kedusha shviyas. So the sheet of the rabbanon is that they have kedusha, and therefore you're not allowed to use them for mishra or kvusa. And memela, who are, the, the the same is going to be true even uh, in, in the opposite direction when it comes to the uh, the wood that has oil in it that could technically be used as a, as a torch that stame where it's not that even if you personally took that wood in order to light up, in order to use as a torch, which is Kedusha Shviyas is not going to be chal on it because we follow the Stam Tashmish of the uh, of the item, as opposed to according to Rabbi Yossi, who allows using Perushviyas, the uh, Mishra and the Kvusa, that's because according to him, since you picked these Peros for the sake of Mishra and Kvusa, that's what you chose to do with these peros, they don't have Kedusha Shviyas, and therefore you're allowed to use them for Mishra and Kvusa, even though it's not Hanaso Biroshava. So Memela, in the opposite direction, when you have Eitzim de Mishchan, where you pick them in order to use them as torches, so the Das of the person who took this wood to use it as a torch is going to cause it that it's going to have Kedusha Shviyas, because you want to use it for something that is Hanaso Biroshava. So that's the fundamental Machlokas between the Rabban and Rabbi Yossi is Kedusha Shviyas determined by the Stam usage of the item whether that's Hanaso Birushava or is Kedusha Shviyas determined by your personal usage of the uh, of the item and it cuts both ways it goes in uh, in both directions so says the Gemara a, a Brisa that seems to hold like Rabbi Yossi Kemana according to who is the following Brisa where the Brisa Darshans Liachla V'lo L'melugma Liachla V'lo L'ziluf Liachla V'lo L'asosmen that uh, can be used for eating but not for refua, for eating but not to be mezalef yayin in the house where they would sprinkle wine in the house when they wanted it to smell good and uh, for eating but not to use it as something that uh, forces a person to throw up. So keman krabiosi that's assuming like the sheet of rabiosi who holds that the Torah only answers um, uh, pro, uh, usages that are not universal, that not everybody needs, like Rafua And Ziluf is something that only very um, fancy types of people do. Uh, that, that's not something that uh, your, your rank and file in society are going to sprinkle wine all over their house so that it could have uh, a, a, nice, a, nice, a nice aroma. Not everyone uh, used to do that. Uh, and uh, Apiktivizin is also something if someone needed to vomit, 
it for whatever reason, so then they would, uh, they would use it. But n- normal people, regular and normal day-to-day activities, people don't do that. The Ikra because if the price held like the Rabbanon, Ikadami Mishra Kvusa, it should have excluded the Achla um, from Mishra Kvusa as well, that it should be Asim Perushviyas, because the Torah only asks it something that's Hanasa Birushava, and Mishra Kvusa are Hanasa Nachrabiran. Why didn't it say that we exclude Mishra Kvusa? Because we don't. We only exclude those types of things that are not universally uh, that are not universally enjoyed. And that's the sheet of Rabbi Yossi. The Rabbanan holds anything that's not Hanasa Birushava is excluded with Perushviyas. Okay. So that's the end of the first conversation. So now we go back to the mission. The Mishnah had said that if you give uh, your wool to someone to dye and you ask him to dye it red and he dyes it black or you ask him to dye it black and he dyes it red. So Meir says, no sinlo simro. Uh, when you were Mishane, you stole it and therefore you just give him the value of the wool. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda Omer, ima shavach, Rabbi Yehuda had said, if the shavach is Yisrael Yetzia, no sinlo Yetzia. Whatever is less expensive, that's what the customer pays for. Whether the improvement in the item or the expenses in improving the item, that's what the customer uh, pays for. Whichever one is less expensive. So simen saban, the simen is uh, the uh, is of the three amuraim that we're going to mention in uh, in this discussion. They are Rav Yosef, Rabbi Abba, and Rav Huna. So the uh, Rashi Tevis, not really Rashi Tevis, but we pick a random letter from each of their names and we get saban. Rav Yosef is the samach, uh, Rabbi Abba is the Bays and Rav Huna is the Nun. Okay, so Yosef, Yosef Rabbi Abba, Rav Yosef was sitting uh, behind Rabbi Abba, Kamed Rav Huna, and they were both sitting in front of Rav Huna. V'yosef, Rav Huna v'kamer, and Rav Huna was sitting and he was saying, Halacha, Rabbi Shua ben Karcha, that we paskin like Rabbi Shua ben Karcha against the Chachamim, Valacha, Rabbi Yuda, and we paskin like Rabbi Yuda against Rabbi Meir in our Mishnah. So I'd Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef uh, turned around in anger. He was not happy with this statement. Amr, he said, I understand why you're going to tell me that we pass like Rabbi Shubin Karcha. It's Rich because Rabbi Shubin Karcha takes issue with the Chachamim, and normally the rule is that you're going to follow the Chachamim. So you need to tell me that in this unique case, we pass like the Yachid. But I have a problem with your other statement that you're telling me that we pass like Rabbi Yehuda. But before we get to the problem that he has with saying that the Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda, the Gemara says, wait, what are we talking? About who's Rabbi Shimon Karcha? We haven't had him mentioned at all in Mishnah Gemara. Nothing. So uh, what, what was that about? That he was uh, that he was saying we pass like Rabbi Shimon Karcha, and he says, "Oh, good, a good idea to say that we pass like Rabbi Shimon Karcha." What was the whole discussion about? So Rabbi Shimon Karcha, Maihi, where do we find the Rabbi Shimon Karcha that disagrees with the Chachamim? Where you need to tell me that we pass like Rabbi Shimon Karcha, even though he's a Yachid. So the Tanya comes up in the following brisa. The Mishnah in the very beginning of Masechet Zavodzar tells us that. Uh, if a uh, Jew is owed money by a non-Jew, uh, he should not accept payment within three days before the idolatrous holiday of the of the non-Jew, because the uh, the idolater is going to be very happy by the, uh, having that weight lifted off of his shoulders that he's finally paid off his debt, and he's going to go and he's going to be moded to the avodazara on uh, on Yom Edo on the day of his uh, of his holiday. So the Chachamim hold that there's no chiluk whether whether it's a milva alper or a milva bishtar, whether you have a shtar that says that the guy owes you money or you don't have a shtar. However, Rabbi Shoban Karcha says that there is a chilek. Rabbi Shoban Karcha omer, milva bishtar e nefrayin mehen, that since Yisrael has a shtar on the guy, so the guy is going to be choshesh, he's going to be worried that, oh no, he's got a 
shtar that says that I owe him money. So therefore, when he gets that off his back and he's able to take that shtar and rip it up, it's going to be a huge weight off his shoulders. But Milva Apeth, there's no evidence that he owes the Jew any money anyway, Nifran man. Then you can certainly get paid back from him, even very close to his holiday, because that might be your best chance to ever get paid back. The guy is not going to have a great simcha when he gets that chov off of his, uh, off, uh, off his shoulders, because he assumes that he'll get away with it, that he's never going to have to pay back. But now that the Jew is getting paid back, so it's we assume it's as if he's saving his money from the, uh, from the nachri, so that's where, it's on that machlokas, whether there's a chiluk between a milva alper or a milva ashtar, that, or a milva that Rafuna had said that we paskin like Rabshum and Karcha, and Rav Yosef was perfectly happy with that statement that we paskin like uh, like Rabbi Shum and Karcha. Right? A lot of Masechs of Odzar is about how to deal with uh, with Nachrim around the time of their. Uh, of their holidays. Just yesterday, I got a uh, Shiloh from someone that their daughter came home from school. Their two-year-old daughter came home from uh, the daycare that they're in with a uh, with an envelope with a dollar bill in it in honor of the Chinese New Year. And uh, there was some uh, skula that was attached to that dollar bill. So they want to know: Is this dollar bill Asrbana? Because it's Mamshavod Zar. So the obvious question is. Where do you send your daughter to school, right? I think the local base Yaakov probably does not send home dollar bills for the uh, the Chinese New Year. Meaning it's it's just an odd dichotomy to that someone who sends a kid to a school that does that is also asking the Shaila, right? Meaning that's uh, so so uh, okay. It was a local uh, conservative uh, run uh, daycare, so they figured well, they teach them at two years old. That's what they teach them at two years old. Um, okay, so uh, so the Gemara the, so, so the Gemara had explained. That why Rav Yosef was perfectly okay with saying that Halach Rabbi Shum because it needs to be said, but he was not okay saying Halach Rabbi Yuda. Halach Rabbi Lomeli, why do you need to even tell me that Halach follows Rabbi Yuda in our Mishnah that the customer only has to pay the lower of the two possible uh, uh, costs, either the hotzah, the expenses, or the uh, shavach, the improvement? So Machlokas After all, it's a Machlokas in our Mishnah, but later on there's another Mishnah where it's a Stam Mishnah that assumes like Rabbi Yuda's hotzah. Obvious that Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda. Umachlokes v'achachstam. Allah stam. The Allah is always like the stam that follows umachlokes. So it's pashut that Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda. So where do we find that it's umachlokes v'achachachstam? Here's the machlokes. Where's the stam? So machlokes uh, babakama. Machlokes is our mission here in babakama. Let's follow Adam. Let's follow Shachar. Shachar. Let's follow Adam. Ramei or Menosel the Beit Simra. Rabbi Yehuda Omer. In Mashavach Yisrael Yitzia. Nosel Nosel Yitzia. V'Mitzia Yisrael Mashavach. Nosel Nosel Shavach. We just repeat the line from our Mishnah that was machlokas between Rameir and Rabbi Yudah, where Rameir says you have to just pay, reimburse the guy for the wool that you stole from him when you miscolored it, whereas uh, according to uh, or discolored it, whereas Rabbi Yehuda says that uh, that that no, you pay the the, the customer is going to pay the lesser amount between the otza and the shavach. So where do we find a stam? Ustam v'bab metzia. The next masechta. The stam is going to be in bab metzia. because the Mishnah says in bab metzia that kala meshana anyone who does different than the balabais had instructed him, meaning uh, like you give wool to the dyer and he dyes it uh, to dye it red and he dyes it black or vice versa, yad ha'la the yad ha'uman 
the dyer uh, gets the uh, the lower hand that he has to accept either the Otsos or the Shavach, whichever is less. The Kalachosabo, and similarly, the Mishnah says, anyone who backs out in the middle of a day, he's a worker, and he's supposed to work for the whole day, and he backs out and he doesn't want to work anymore, he quits in the middle of the day, so Yadala Tachtona. He's also going to get the lesser of the two potential uh, payments, meaning uh, that uh, whether whether it's a half a day's work or for uh, um, or, 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 or for the whatever Shavach he had, uh, he had generated during that, uh, that half a day, Day, he's only going to get the lesser of the two amounts. So answers Gemara, but why did Rafuna therefore feel the need to pass the Rabbi Yehuda? It doesn't Rav Yosef have a good point that it's Makol and therefore it's obvious that we pass the Rabbi Yehuda. Rafuna, it's Rafuna says no, no. You need to say that Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda because if you're going to rely on the fact that it's Makolkes Varchachstam, Salta Chamina in of the Mishnah. No, the Havamina is that who says the Mishnahis were taught chronologically in the order that they're presented in the Mesechtas, meaning maybe when Rabbi Danasi was learning, he learned from Metziah before he learned Babakama. So maybe the Stamishta was before he discovered that there was a Shitas Rabbi Meir. And therefore, when he learned Babakama, he uh, reported that, oh, by the way, there's a Shitas Rabbi Meir. But maybe Babakama was actually taught after Babakama. Now, Ain't Seder of the Mishnah does not mean that it's just in random order. No, certainly it was misudar, it was arranged in a particular order, but the whole word of machlokes v'achach stam, or stam v'achach machlokes, is the assumption that that's how Rebbe taught it, that that's how Rebbe himself was teaching it, because uh, the, the, then you get to see the development of Rebbe's thinking. Now, once they have the Masechtas all taught, so then how to arrange them in a book, that Tosas points out, that for sure was done by Kavana. That you have, because the Gemara says that all over the place. The Gemara says in the beginning of Shavuos, Michti Tana, Mi Makos Kasalik, Tani Shavuos. Why would we learn Masech Shavuos right after Masechus Makos? So that's an assumption that we always have. The Rabbi Pirish Shais explains why each Masechta is located exactly where where it's located in Shas, right? That's certainly, it's similar to the principle of Ein Muktam Uchar Betorah, which is very relevant to these uh, these parshios, Ein Muktam Uchar Betorah. What happened exactly with Kabbalah Satoru, with Mishpatim, with the Nasav Nishma? Did it happen right after the Asaras Dibus? What happened in between, right? So, uh, so Ein Muktam Uchar Betorah does not mean that, uh, you know, Hashem just decided to throw a bunch of random sukkum up in the air and see where they land, and then it's just, and there's no there's no rhyme or reason for why things are where they are. No, of course there's a rhyme. Everything in the Torah has a rhyme or reason. Reason. It means that it's not in chronological order, that it's not that the events are not being recorded as they happened, because as they say, the Torah is not a history book, but, uh, but, but, but it is in a, uh, in a logical uh, order. So anyway, so, so and, and therefore, if uh, Bab Metziah was actually taught before Bab Kama, this isn't a machlokas v'achach stam, this is a case of stam v'achach machlokas. So Gemara says, Rav Yosef, Ihachi and Rav Yosef would respond, well, you've just ruined the entire concept of Stam V'acharkach Machlokas and Machlokas V'acharkach Stam because you never know what's Acharkach, meaning if you're going to tell me that I have no idea what order Rebbe taught the Mishnah is, so then uh, the whole idea, the, the, the whole notion of being medayik from where the Stam is in relation to the Machlokas is, is, uh, is irrelevant. So Rafuna, Rafuna says, no, it's not irrelevant. Kilo Meaning, 
Rebbe taught the Masechtos in order. He started, uh, the, you know, with the first parak and, and ended with the last parak. He didn't jump around within the Masechtos. That we know for sure. So when you have a Stam Acharkach Machlokas within one Masechta, yeah, that you could be Medayik. Or Machlokas Acharkach Stam within one Masechta, that you could be Medayik. But uh, spanning two Masechtas, you don't know which Masechta he learned first. It's not so Pashut that he learned Sanhedrin after he learned Pavakama. You don't know that. We don't. So spanning Masechta. That's what Rafun is saying. That I don't necessarily know that this is an example of machlokas varchar kachstam. So why did Rav Yosef get upset at him? That sounds very reasonable. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, I agree. There is no Babakam Babatia Bab Basra. All three of those Masechtas are really one Masechta. It's one 30 parak long uh, Masechta. So it's one of the longest Masechtas in Shas. It's like Kalim, right? It's 30 prakim long, but, uh, but it's, it's, all one, it's all one Masechta. They divide it up to make it, uh, to make it more manageable. But it's, uh, it's really, it, it, so Rebbe certainly learned Babakam, then Babatia, and then, uh, then Bab Basra. It's Mistavra that way, right? I think that's what they explain, that uh, in general, the order of Masechtas within each Seder goes from the most amount of Prakim to the fewest amount of Prakim. So it goes in order uh, of number of Prakim that it, uh, that it has. Now what happens to be Sanhedrin comes after Babakam, Babatsiya, Babasra, and Sanhedrin has 11 Prakim. But Babakam, Babatsiya, Babasra each only have 10 Prakim. So it's not Mestabra that a Sanhedrin would have come after three Masechtas that each have fewer Prakim than, uh, than Sanhedrin has. So, uh, but if it's one big Masechta, Masechtas Nazikin, it makes a lot of sense. Or you could say that even if this is not a case of Machlokas Vachar Kachstam, it's still Mistaver that Allah is like the Mishnah Masech Spa which assumes like Rabbi Yehuda, because the Tana taught that halacha together with another halacha psuka, and therefore context matters. The context in which halacha is taught also matters. So if it's taught, if Rabbi Yudas Shita is taught as the Tana is going through halachas psukos, that's another indicator that we pass like Rabbi Yehuda. Kol Meshana Yadol Tachtona, Kol Chazerbo Yadol Tachtona. So Kol Meshana Yadol Tachtona is has nothing to do with the Mishnah over there. The Tana shouldn't have mentioned it. He only wants to tell us because the second halacha of Kol Chazerbo Yadol Tachtona is a halacha psuka that no one is cholik on. So therefore, he juxtaposes it with this. To indicate to me that this too is a halacha psuka and one should not be cholik on it. And that's how Rav Yosef knew that the halacha was like Rabbi Yehuda. So again, Rav Huna says that the halacha is like Rabbi Shuman Karcha, the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Rav Yosef says, the fact that you have to tell me halacha is Rabbi Shuman Karcha, I agree, you need to say it because otherwise I would have assumed the halacha is not going to be like the yachid against the rabbin. But you don't need to tell me the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda for one of two reasons. Either because it's a machlok or because it's among halachos psukos. And when it's among halachos psukos, it's obvious that halachos like Rabbi Yehuda. So now the Gemara brings a case of a shliach that's meshana mishlichuso and tries to connect that back to the machlokos or meir Rabbi Yehuda. If a person gives money to a shliach, to purchase wheat for him, and they made a deal that, uh, you know, it's a business property. He's not buying wheat for personal use. He's buying wheat to resell. So whatever uh, profits or losses you're going to have uh, by buying this wheat, we're going to split the profits or the losses. We're in business together. And then the shliach, instead of buying wheat, he does different. He buys barley or sa'orin. The, uh, the, 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 he was sent to buy sa'orin, and he instead went and bought wheat. So tanya chada, one b'risa says, 
Paksu, if they go down in uh, in value, they lose money. So Paksu lo, the loss is borne completely by the Shliach. But Vimosiru, if uh, they go up in value, Hasiru lo, the Revach also is entirely of the Shliach. Vitani Chada, but the other Rai says, in Paksu, Paksu lo, the loss will be taken by the Shliach, but Vimosiru, Hasiru Lamsa. But whatever profits they have, they're going to split the profits as the initial plan was to split the to split the profits. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan Lokash. So it sounds like a steer in the braces, meaning what happens if a shliach is mishana mishlichuso and it's profitable. So does that uh, does the shliach say, look, I didn't do what you sent me to do. I was working on my own and I bought what I wanted, so I'm going to get the profits. Or do we assume that they split the profits? It's not a stira. It's our machlokas tanayim and our mishnah. Ha, Rabbi Meir, the first price that says that both the loss and the profits is completely uh, the shliachs. That's assuming like Rabbi Meir, the Amr, who said in our mishnah, where the Balabais asks you to dye the wool red and you did black or vice versa, that's Shino Kona. The Rabbi Meir holds that anyone who's mishanim, he das Balabais, he's a gazlan. So since he's a gazlan on the tzemer, so mainly he's Kona that Tzemer with the Shinoi and therefore that's what he owes the Balabais the value of the Tzemer so who Adin when someone gives money to a Shliach and he's Bishanami Das Balabais he's a Gazlan on that money so uh, he can t- take the profits of what that money made but he's got to return the money Kishas Agzela whereas the sacrifice assumes like Rabbi Yehuda that someone who's Bishanami Das Balabais is not considered a Gazlan and therefore the Uman is not Kona the wool even though he did something differently than he was supposed to do with it. And the same is going to be true when someone gives money to a shliach, even though he did differently than the Balabais told him. He's not made a gazlon on that money. He's still a shliach of the Balabais, and therefore whatever he purchases is on behalf of the Balabais. So if it makes a profit, he has to split that profit with the Balabais. It's just that if it loses money, so the Balabais can tell him, look, I made you a shliach, that I sent you as a shliach to do good for me, not to do bad for me. And you did bad for me, so uh, that, you know, that's your problem if you do bad for me. So certainly losses the shliach is going to have to take. But the question of whether he's going to be able to take all of the profits is really about our machlokas, whether when you're mishana, you're a gazlan. So Rabbi Lazar asked me, my, how do you know that you can compare the machlokas about <coughs> the guy who purchased wheat when he was supposed to purchase barley or vice versa to the case of the guy who dyed the wool red when he was supposed to dye it black or vice versa? Dilma ad kan lo kam Rabbi Meir. Maybe Rabbi Meir only in our Mishnah says that he's a gazlan elu b'midi duchazi le by something that the Balabais can use himself, like a tzemer to dye red, and he dyed it black, which is something that they, he wanted to wear this wool. He wanted a black suit, and he got a red suit, or uh, or he wanted a red suit, and he got a black suit. So uh, then he certainly uh, makbid that uh, the tzeva should come back, the color should come back as he had ordered it, and if it's a different color, then uh, it's totally mishana mid. Uh, Das Balabais. He ordered a Santa suit, and it comes uh, comes black. He's not going to be able to go to the mall and uh, you know whatever do whatever. It's uh, apparently a lot of these Santas are Jewish, so uh, it's a, so he's, he's not going to be able to, uh, to 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 use it for what he wants. He ordered a black suit for his kid's wedding. Now it's red. He's not going to be able to to wear this. His wife will kill him. So uh, so uh, was it was it, so that's completely. 
but he's not supposed to, but he, he has no use for him. But when it's just to invest in the business, he's not going to use it anyway. So anything that you can make a profit on, I'm fine with. I mean, as long as you bring home money, I'm okay. That's the purpose of schora. Uh, of so you don't necessarily know that the two machlokas are connected to each other. So Reb Lazar's miyash, even the steer in the Bryce is differently. Elam Reb Lazar, Hava Harab Meir, both prices assume like Rabbi Meir, Velo Kasha, and nevertheless it's not a stira. Kanla Achila, the first price is talking about where the Balamo sent you to buy food for him to eat, not to do business with. So since he needed it for himself, he's makbid that you should buy the food that he likes. And if you buy a different food, then you're being mishanamidas balabayas, and whichever direction it goes, it goes down in value, it goes up in value, so that's all your problem. That's all the gazlan's uh, issue. But kan l'schora, whereas the second price is talking about where it was meant l'schora, it was meant to make money on, it was a business proposition. So I don't care that you buy exactly the min that I asked you to buy, as long as you buy something that makes me money. So therefore, if it makes money, so you were not actually and therefore the profits are going to be split between the two parties. But if it goes down in value, so then I can say, I didn't send you to do something that's not going to be beneficial to me. So the Gemara brings that in Eretz Yisrael, they asked on Rabbi Yochanan's tarets differently than Rabbi Lazar had asked on Rabbi Yochanan's tarets. Again, Rabbi Yochanan is the one that tied it into the Rameir Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Lazar said, nah, maybe it's different if uh, if you're not going to physically use it yourself. So in Eretz Yisrael, they laughed at Rabbi Yochanan's teretz, that the Rabbi Yochanan, Libid Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who explained the second b'risa, that, that the prophets get split, is because he assumes like Rabbi Yehuda, that even though you're Meshadami Das Balabayis, you're not a Gazlan, and that's why the, the, the Balamaos is going to take the profits of the wheat, even though he told you to buy barley, the, 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 the shliach is buying, has in mind that he's buying this for himself. So even though the shliach is not a gazlan, but how is the balamos ever going to become the owner of this wheat? The person who's being makna, the wheat to the shliach, is having in mind to give it to the shliach. The shliach is having in mind to take it for himself because he knows it's not what the balabais had, had, had asked for. So how can we ever call the balabais the owner of this wheat? So Maskar Shmuel bar, bar sasarti, sasrati iach yafilu chitin v'chitin amilo. Well, you can say that that even if he does exactly as you asked him to do, what makes the balamos the owner of the wheat? Meaning the guy who's being makin at him doesn't see the owner of the of the money; he just sees the shaliyaf. So I'm Rabbi Vo shayni chitin v'chitin shlichu se ka'avin v'chi balabai dummy. No, we have a concept called shluch shalom kamoso. So when he's doing what he was supposed to do, and he's buying wheat as he was supposed to, so then he's like the extended arm of the balabai. And the Balabais, in fact, is going the Balamos, is in fact going to own the wheat. But when he's Mishana, how's the Balamos going to own the wheat? So, Teda, uh, and I'll bring you a Raya, that when the Shliach does the Shlichus of the, uh, that he was sent to do, he's like the Balabais himself, and Mimela the Balabais becomes the owner. Where do we see that? It's a Mishnah Mesechus Arachin. Echana Makdish Nechasav, whether a person is Makdish is Nechasim Tagdish, he says Nechasim Tagdish, Vechana Marachas Atma, or whether he commits to give his own. Erech value to uh, to Hagdish. The Gizbar is not allowed to go collect 
from the guy's wife's or children's clothing. And uh, the same is true by Makdish, the Hegdish is not going to be Chal on Ksus Banov or Ksus Ishto. And nor in the profits of a beggar that was given to a dyer uh, who's dying clothing for the wife or the children. Nor new, new shoes that were purchased for the wife or the children, even though they're brand new and the wife and the children never used them. So says, and here's my raya. The reason is because the head is not going to be them and the gizbar is not allowed to collect from the tzava, from the dyers, because the wife and the children already own them. They've already been zocha in those items from the husband, from the father, uh, and, and he had given it to the, uh, to the dyer on their behalf. Vamai, but why, why, why do we say assume that the wife and the children already own them? Lay mahachinami. Why do we say over here miodiel at sabashik natsavoli isha? Who told the dyer that he's supposed to have in mind to be makne this to the wife? Allah mishum damri nishluchusik kavuk liadish to dami achinami shluchusik kavuk liad balbayis dami. No, it's because it's obvious that he's doing the shluchus of his wife, and therefore whenever you're doing the shluchus of your wife, and the wife told you to do something, and you do exactly what she told you to do, so it's obvious that you're her shliach, and then whatever the person is being makne, he's really being makne to your wife. So the same over here, when a person is uh, instructed to buy wheat, and he does so, so then he's just doing the shlichus of what he was sent to do. So Rabbi you can't prove from this uh, Mishnah that the Yad Shliach is kiyad mishalcho, to be kona, whatever it is that he had sent him to buy. Because the, the, the reason for that Mishnah about the Hagdish is kalamaktish nechas Whenever a person is maktish something, uh, he, he, even if his wife and children do not own the items yet, his das is not to include things that are meant for his wife and children, even if they're not the actual owners of those items yet. So Masmar Rabbi Abba, don't say that the reason of, uh, for the Mishnah is that uh, it's his das is not on so, such things. Meaning, would you assume that if a person's maktish is nechasim, he has in mind that he's going to be maktish is tefillin? Certainly not. Utnan, and yet the Mishnah Narachan says, "Hamaktish nechasav malin lo tefillin." That we assess the value of his tefillin, and uh, the maktish has to borrow uh, money uh, the, the, for, the, for the equivalent value of the tefillin, and he has to give that to hegdish in exchange for uh, instead of giving his tefillin. So apparently, the hegdish is chal on his tefillin, even though he doesn't have das to be maktish the tefillin. So why should uh, the, the clothing of his wife and his children be any different? That it should be chal, even though he doesn't necessarily have das, that it should, uh, that it should go on that. So it says, Abayi says back to Rabbi Zeira, that, no, really, uh, Rabbi Abba is correct. Whenever you're maktish yinuchasim, you don't intend to give your, your wife and children's clothing. I, you ask, but does one intend to give their tefillin? In. Yes, you do. Daito Because the person who's being maktus in the chasim assumes that he's doing a big mitzvah. So he's assuming he's being makayim a mitzvah by being maktus in tefillin, and therefore the hagdus michal even on the tefillin vein daito shaladim al mishum eva. But he does not have intention for ksusishto banav to be maktus that because he doesn't want to create a sense of animosity in his house. So maskar Rav Hoshaya. So Rav Hoshaya says, how can you say that the 
basis of the Mishnah is that the das of a person is not al chsus ishto banav. Where in the Mishnah was talking about someone who's maruch who says erchi where they don't take his uh, wife and children's clothing utnan. And the Mishnah narachin says a person who's chayiv to pay money for uh, for a rachin, the gizbar could go into his house and take things of that belong to him bal karcho. But if you can say like Rabbi Abba, that it all depends on the das of the marich. Is that what he intends? That you should be able to come to my house and start taking my stuff? No, Elamai, since he was Mechaev himself to Hagdish, so it's not totally in his will anymore. He's taken it out of his own hands by making this Erech vow. So, Balkarchach, you have to say when the Mishnah says that, uh, that, that, that that which belongs to the wife and the children uh, is theirs and is not subject to this vow, is because they are the owners of it. It's not because of his Das, that his Das was not to include their stuff. No, it's because they were really Zocha in it, that they're the actual rightful owners. And therefore, Ella Amr Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba says, you know what? It's anyone who's Makdish Nechasim, it's as if he was Makna to his wife and to his children, their clothing initially before he was ever Makdish Nechasim. And therefore, the Hegdish is not going to be Chal on them, and the Gizbar is not able to collect them for the Erechin, uh, for the Arachin vow. So, but it's not like Rabbi Avos said that since the Baal is Osa Shlichusam, it's Yadok, Yadam, and he's Zocha ready for them from the time that he's Kona or the time that, for the, that the, the dyer uh, is uh, giving it back to him. No, they, they still belong to the Baal until one moment before he's Makdish and Zuchasim, but then they're, uh, they are Zocha at that moment with things that are Rotwe for them in order that the Hegdish should not be Chal on those. Uh, on those items. Okay, but from tomorrow we'll become the second wide line with uh, with Tanu Rabbanan. Have a great day, everybody.